Welcome to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soviero, and today we're going to dive into the world of youth sports and speak with leaders who are making an impact in their communities. From coaches to program directors and beyond, we'll explore the latest trends, issues, and solutions in the world of youth sports. But before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics. Their game-changing team swag stores are designed to make youth and travel sports programs feel like the big leagues. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, I got special guest, Greg Bice, founder of Resolute Lacrosse. Greg, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fired up to be here. So, Greg, your background, uh, you grew up playing in Texas. You were the first player to get a scholarship. You ended up being a uh, All-American, two-time All-American in college where you met your business partner, uh, Train. Uh, we should probably say Anthony Kelly. Yeah. Nicknamed Train. Um, and then you went on to play 13 seasons pro lacrosse in the MLL. During that time, you were a four-time All-Star and you were two-time sportman of the year pretty impressive resume thank you i appreciate it and then resolute lacrosse i understand has now expanded and you have the resolute athletic complex which does soccer and hosts events and a number of different sports and then resolute lacrosse the travel program and then you're involved in project midwest as well and a couple other um events yeah i know for sure yeah that's uh it's uh we've come a long way since day one with resolute lacrosse and you know a kid from texas who played lacrosse and you know thinking back 20 plus years ago there wasn't a lot of lacrosse in texas so i can kind of talk you through my story if if that's what you want or we go yeah. any, any direction that you see fit dan yeah so how i think that's a great starting point how did you get involved in the sport what was it like coming up in texas being one of the first players going through that process of the grassroots growing of the sport and trying to get a college scholarship. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I wasn't trying, but uh, they, I'll start from the beginning. So uh, uh, the, the the school that I, I went to public schools um, all the way up through middle school, and my mom took a teaching job uh, when I was in eighth grade at a private school that, um, that that where she was working. And so she's like, hey, you have to go to the school. I want you to go to school. It's a better education. You know, it, it, it was a better environment. And so I started going to school there halfway through my eighth grade year. And that's when I started playing lacrosse. They had a lacrosse team. It was a smaller school. They didn't have a football team. They do now, which is obviously in Texas, you know, kind of a, a big no. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 um, I, I started playing lacrosse in eighth grade. My high school coach was actually my next door neighbor, lived right around the corner. And so he's the one, he kind of recruited me to the school as well. I was like, hey, we need Greg to start coming here and, and play lacrosse. And uh, Coach Earl Bill, God rest his soul, um, was a mentor to me all the way, you know, starting in eighth grade and then all the way through high school. He's my high school wow. coach. He was an ex-Air Force drill sergeant. He he was uh, taught me to love the game and, you know, was more than that to me. He was a mentor. He gave me a ride home from practice every day wow. until I could drive. And so, so I started playing lacrosse. And once I started playing lacrosse, I, I just fell in love with the sport. I played basketball, football, soccer, um, you know, growing up. And uh, through high school, I, I I played basketball and I played lacrosse. Like I mentioned, we didn't have a football team, um, but that became a, a love of mine. 
And being in Texas, there wasn't a lot of teams. There was only two teams in San Antonio, which is where I grew up. St. Mary's Hall is the school I went to. Wow. And we had to travel to Austin, to Houston, Dallas to play these other teams. Obviously, if you look at Texas now, it's a factory for lacrosse players, Division I lacrosse players. They got great athletes down there. The sport has absolutely exploded uh, across the state. But back, obviously, 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. And so I started playing uh, and, and just fell in love with the sport. Didn't have college aspirations. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, we go to summer camps in the in, in the summer just to get better, like instructional camps. And then my junior year, my high school coach got me a tryout for the U19 uh, USA team. So I tried out for the U19 USA team. And I talked to my coach a little bit. You know, he's like, yeah, I think you play D3 lacrosse. You know, I think you can play somewhere. We can find a home for you and going into your senior year, you know. And I was like, oh, that's great. Well, I had a tryout for the U19 team and I had a really good tryout. And I started to get recruiting letters from like these big colleges, you know, Duke, Notre Dame, Ohio State, obviously, Syracuse, Denver, like all, all yeah. these schools started sending me letters. And I started talking to coaches, but I had no, I had no clue. I was like, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm good at this thing. And so from there, I went through the recruiting process, obviously ended up at the Ohio State University uh, with Anthony Kelly. We were the same class, same year. And yeah. I was actually I was actually injured. Um, I was injured. Uh, I had stress fractures in my back from just playing sports. And I was in a back brace for basically six months when I got to, to campus. So I didn't play. I registered, wow. my freshman, I registered in my freshman year. But I remember watching the first practice uh, at Ohio State. And I was just like, man, these guys are good. Like, I had never been to a college lacrosse game. I I'd, I like, <laughs> I'd never saw, you know, just being in Texas at the time. Yeah, I didn't. Texas. Yeah. You know, like I'd never been to a college across game. So I'm watching these guys. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are amazing. I'm like, I don't think like, I don't know if I can play with these guys. Like these guys are legit. It was the best lacrosse I'd ever seen. And so once, once I went into uh freshman year, got healthy spring season had started, everybody been playing for a long time. I, um, I, I got to my first practice and we did like, it was like some ground ball drill. Yeah. And I picked up the first ground ball. Like, you know, it was like a two-on-one ground ball, whatever the cage, whatever it was. But I remember I picked up the ground ball and I was like, oh, maybe I can play with these guys. Like, maybe I'm, you know, like, I remember that one play specifically, like, just like, oh, like, I can play with these guys. Like, you know, a little confidence boost and yeah. self-belief. And then obviously from there, I was fortunate enough. I played for Coach Bresci, um, who another mentor, father figure to me, a guy that I have a great love and respect for. Played at Ohio State with Anthony. We had some great teams. Um, we just did a recognition here for our 2003 team, which is the first tournament team in, in Ohio State history, NCAA tournament team. Wow. Um, yeah, and so that that was kind of how I, I ended up here. And then, and then I was fortunate enough. I played professionally for a number of years. Also got to play with Anthony uh, on a number of teams, LA Riptide, Machine, here in Ohio, uh, and some other ones. And then, and then uh, we started – So. In, I, I lived abroad actually. And I think everybody knows with professional lacrosse there, there we're getting there, but, but back when we were playing, you couldn't do it full time. There wasn't enough money to, to yeah, support you guys were the, the ground building the sport. Yeah. We were the ground building sport. So like, it's so funny. Cause I remember uh, you see like the old NFL films presents, you know, yeah, you know yeah, the, the NFL yeah. films presents. And I remember I was watching one of the Dallas Cowboys and they had a running back. This is bad. I don't even know. 60s, 70s, whenever it was. And the guy was a legit cowboy. 
Like he was, he like worked in the off season as a cowboy, as his profession, like, you know, wrangling cattle and yeah. And doing, and then he would play, he was like the running back for the team during the season. But you know, it was like, it, it, it's, that's, that's what it was like. You're building a sport. Yeah. There's, you're building a sport. Yeah. And so that's, that's what professional yeah. lacrosse was obviously a lot. I mean, obviously it's some of the best guys and best friends that I've ever had. You know, I was on teams with MLL guys were fighter pilots you know, teachers, lawyers, like the lawyers, doctors, you know, literally everything, check the box. These guys are doing it and still playing and staying in shape and competing. That tide is turning, uh, you know, with the PLL now, obviously, and, and they're doing some great things and being able to, um, you know, support guys in, in a full-time capacity. They're, they're getting pretty close, yeah. uh, which is, yeah. which is fun to see. PLL and the NLL guys are making a decent, a decent yeah. lift across. Yeah. Which awesome. is awesome. Which is great. Yeah. You know, great to see. Yeah. So, see, it wasn't like that uh, for us um, when I was playing. And so I, I actually lived in uh, Honduras for a couple of years. I did mission work with my wife. We taught wow. at a Christian bilingual school. We worked with an orphanage. And in 2009, we moved back to Columbus. And Anthony was here at that time. And we just got, we were just, you know, having a conversation. And Anthony has a non traditional lacrosse background as well. He came from, uh, he's from Ohio, uh, went to St. Ignatius up in Cleveland. But he was same thing. When we got to college, we weren't from Baltimore. We weren't from Long Island. And our IQ and skill, uh, quite frankly, was was behind. Like I said, that first practice, yeah, I looked at like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. the athleticism's here, but the lacrosse skills and IQ is like, yeah. yeah. That's, and so so we had to work really hard uh, to catch up to to get to, to that. And obviously, Anthony was a four-year starter at Ohio State. Never, like, wasn't a face-off guy coming into Ohio State. But obviously, you talk about his athleticism, his size, and and the coaching staff's like, yeah, I think we can do something with this kid. And just his drive. I think uh, for those who don't know Anthony Kelly, that guy is a driven friggin' machine. He is obviously one of the most competitive people I've ever met, and I'm laughing now because uh, you know I just like literally I can you know list ten things where it's like I'm like, dude, it's not a competition, you know. But like I don't know, most great athletes have that, you know. Yeah, it, for it, sure. In some, you hear about Michael Jordan, obviously. I mean, he's like the, the case example of a guy that just like has to compete and everything. And Anthony's wired, you know, in a similar way where he wants to compete. And so, you know, especially you take a guy like that, you put him in the face off X where it's it's a one on one battle. It's like yeah. wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's like, like wrestling. That's it. Right. Like that's a And so he obviously excelled there. But we started to talk once I was back in Columbus in 2009. And it's just like we didn't we were behind like we were behind like we were behind. But now we've we've caught up in a lot of sense and we play pro and we've had all these different great coaches. Like how yeah. great would it be if we could take what we've learned and, 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 and pay it forward and, and teach kids, you know, from Columbus that don't have a traditional background. And can you hear a kid crying right now? Can you hear that? No, no, no. but I want to pause you for just a second and just recap because the, your story one, I resonate with it a ton. I grew up in Florida. I picked up the sport in eighth grade. I, I had no idea what the recruiting process looked like or any of that. I had an amazing mentor, coach, dad, like second dad, father figure that I'm still really close with that kind of helped me get and realize that, oh, I could play. And then the one play you're talking about when you're at Ohio State, I know the exact feeling because I there was a ground ball drill. You bite yeah. down southeast, you go through a hard check from a senior close defenseman and all of a sudden, all the guys have some respect for you and you have some newfound respect for yourself. And it's just, but the central thread that I really heard throughout your story is 
like you grew up in Texas, you helped build the foundation of the sport there. Then you you go to the uh, to the co- to college and you help build Ohio State's foundation because they were a brand new program at the time. And then you go to the MLL and you help build the foundation of that. And now you get to this inflection point where you you've done some missionary work and help build down there. And now you you're partnering up with with Train to build Resolute. Your your whole story is just you're a builder, and it's Yo, just thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, from yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I'm sorry I asked about if you heard like a kid crying in the background because we're obviously at our facility and we have there's a dad downstairs working. He's got his he's brought his son in. He's working oh, out. But he's got, you know, and that's one of the that's another thing I love about what we do. We're working with people. Yeah. And every business we've ever built is about giving opportunity to to people yeah. and kids specifically. And like to have be in a place where like like people like for us and resolute our staff, people bring their kids to work. They come and anyways. Yeah. I just, I love what, I love what I do. I love, I love the environment we built, but like you yeah. said, for me, you know, it's funny you say that. I haven't thought about it like to that degree in that depth, but one of the things that I do know about myself is I do love to create and I do love to build, Yeah, uh, you know? And so like you say, it, and so we, we wanted to build something that would help, you know, kids in Ohio, lacrosse players in Ohio and help them get over that hump and be prepared. And I come in with that confidence, like, Oh, Hey, like, I'm, I've already run these college drills, like yeah. with Anthony and Greg, you know, in Resolute. And like, I, now I'm coming in and now, hey, you have that confidence. And, you know, yeah, you're still going to need to pick up that first ground ball. But like, maybe it's not as intimidating to you, you know, to see like, oh, yeah. this, this kid on my team is the number one recruit. You know, I don't know if I'm, it's like, well, you know what? You played against him 10 times last summer and you did great against him. You know, yeah. like you've yeah. already you've already crossed that threshold and you already have that belief and you're just prepared. You're prepared on a different level than Anthony and I were. And it's nothing against, you know, it's just where lacrosse was at that time in those states. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and so like Ohio lacrosse right now, great. High school lacrosse is great. There's, you know, what, top you guys have, what you guys have done for the sport there and just to kind of give like a high level recap first i want to say the facility that you guys have built is like a athlete's playground yeah thank you i appreciate that it's just listening to the podcast um greg is right now sitting on the uh second story platform uh it overlooks a field on his right a field on his left underneath him there's a workout facility it is just like the coolest place um and then behind him there's another two or three fields indoors what is it like 70,000 square feet? Yeah, 74,000 square feet is the yeah. the footprint of the building and and we were right place right time for for this building and it's been a labor of love, you know, and it's one of those things for us. We've re-turfed the fields, we've we've added boards, like glass, we got new glass, like every like we we love this facility, you yeah. know. And and you know what the best part is our community loves this facility too. Obviously, it's very evident when I went to visit you guys uh last summer just the amount of people that are just coming through the doors every single day and just they they treat it like a playground it's literally just like a, a an athlete's playground it's amazing yeah it's amazing like our kids in our program obviously love it you know and they'll come and they'll shoot and they'll work out obviously we do all of our box program out of here but then we do soccer too and so like soccer is actually our our, our primary business in the facility running soccer yeah. leagues um which is obviously there's just more soccer players um, and they love our building. Like it's a real, it's a tight knit community, man. And it's, it's great to be a part of it and just to help bring people together. And I think yeah. you know, that, 
that became more apparent than ever to me with all the COVID stuff and the lockdowns and the shutdown. Like, yeah, I still still remember the first practice that we did on the lacrosse side and we were outside and, you know, they had all these rules in place, you know, six feet and masking and like all these kind of, I guess we didn't mask. Kids didn't have to mask, but I think either way, you remember all the, everybody remembers all the rules. Everybody remembers all the regulations. Every area was different rules. Every area was different rules. And I just remember for me, I was so stressed about getting that and making sure that we, you know, that we, we did it. We, we didn't break the rules and we're still able to function and practice and do all these things. So I was so stressed out about that. Yeah. And then I got a call. I got a call from a dad afterwards. And he's like, Greg, he's like, I just want to let you know, thank you for resolute cross. Thank you for your program. Oh, cool. He said, my son, my son came home. We did like, it was like an hour practice. The first one, right. We're like, yeah. we got to figure this thing out and get this thing. Right. It wasn't like, and he said, my son came home and he talked to me for two hours about all of his buddies and what they're doing and how they're doing. He's like, yeah, and seen his friends and, you know, and it's like, man, I just like the community, kind of, you know, you, we, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, to, to, to it became apparent to me more than ever, the, the benefit, not just from a lacrosse standpoint, but from, from a, a growth and development, you talk about your mentors, my mentors, like just being able to pro- provide an, an environment for kids to grow into men, you know, on the boy yeah. side and for, and for, um, and on the girl side for girls to become young women. Kids that grow up in the sport, they grow up playing the sport in Texas. It's not everybody that makes it to that college level and being able to teach the, that character and those values through the sport. I think that is something that these athletes can take so much further in life. No doubt. So circling all the way back around to you're coming out of Ohio state, you're playing in the MLL. You've had these incredible life experiences that have kind of fallen you into this path of just being a builder and, and somebody who really values community building and culture and uh, team. And where do you guys, how does it go from you're playing in the MLL, you and train have this idea and you start off doing just like private training and then you grow it into this incredible business that's, just on the cross in the state to just all entirely new heights. Yeah, man. Uh, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And I think, you know, for us, like you're saying, like, we just, we didn't know. We, we just knew we, hey, we just knew we had this passion and we wanted to help kids. That's literally all we knew. And we, Hey, yeah. we, this is where, this is where we can do it. This is how we can do it. And then it was just, we just kept, our goal was to do, do things the right way. Like yeah. from the beginning, build this thing the right way, whatever it turns out to be, it turns out to be, but, you know, we, you know, Woody Hayes says, you know, you win with people. And so for us, when we started to build things out, it was like, we're just going to get the best coaches that we possibly can. We're going to get character guys, character girls, character women, and, and people that know what they're doing, they're competent. Yeah. And then we're going to see where this thing goes. And it was, you know, you know how it is. Like once you get momentum going, then like, it feels like, and it was a lot of hard work, as you know, it's a lot of sweat equity. It's a lot of time. Yeah, but you love it. Like I've never feel I've never felt like I've worked a day in my life. Like yeah. I know people that go to their job and they're miserable and they don't like it. Like I wake up and I'm excited to come to the office and and yeah. and I love like our team. Everybody we have here at Resolute is amazing, and you know so just just to have, yeah, I don't know. It, now opportunities start to present themselves, and then now it's like we're almost in a position where it's like we're trying to choose which opportunities 
to pursue and to go after that we think is going to help and provide the most benefit for the kids in our program. And so, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, if you would have asked me when we started this thing, yeah, 2009, would we have, would we be in multiple cities? Would we own a facility? Would we, you know, have all these events? Yeah. Be part events of events and partnerships with like project Midwest, which is like an awesome group and an awesome and being the NLF, which is like the top clubs in the entire country. Like, would we be, yeah. you know, I would have been like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like I, yeah. I, I, I like that thing. I would be like super optimistic and like, yeah, we're going to do that. But I, like I said, I think we just didn't know. I think we just knew we, what we yeah. wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. And then everything else has grown from that. Like yeah. we were so, we were so mission focused that 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 it was like we had turned we had plans obviously we had long-term goals but it was like we know we're not going to accomplish anything you know those who are responsible with 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 little are responsible with much and and when we had six kids we're going to give those kids the best training that those six kids can possibly get and when we have a team and we got we're going to give the kids the best training they can get and so that's been our mindset since day one yeah the thing that I heard in that, that that really stood out to me is is passion. And I think you kind of hit the nail right on the head. There's a lot of people you walk. I, I played up at St. John's and in, uh, in Queens, New York, and I would walk through the city and you see these people with just this like zombie like look on their face. And you can just tell that they're just not living with any passion at all. And I think it's it's such an opportunity for coaches. I know I learned to have a passion for anything in my life through sports. And it was once I felt that just deep passion, like I wanted to go compete, I wanted to go play. I think for me, it was football at, at, at a starting point. But that coach who introduced me to the game of football, like I fell in love with it. I understood what it meant to have a passion for something. And then there's no other way I would want to live my life other than pursuing something I'm passionate about. And to your point, like, you put a disproportionate amount of effort into building resolute from the ground up with no expectation of it becoming what it is today. And just because you followed your passion and you learned that probably through sports, you you were able to build this incredible organization where you come into work every day and you're fired up and you're able to give so much more to the community, to your family, to your, to your partner. And it's just, it's such a cool thing that sports bring out. Yeah. And I I think just to dig a little deeper into what you're saying, I think most people, I I don't know most people, a lot of people just haven't considered what they want for their lives, you know? And I think it's so important for us to hit the pause button to reflect and think, what do I like, what do I want? And you know, that answer is different for everybody, especially when it comes to to job, we've all been given different, different gifts and talents and skills and, And, and passions and desires. And it's like, okay, well, what, what are those? And how do you identify those? And cause I think a lot of times people look around and they're like, Oh, you're successful. It's like, well, what is, what is, let's, what, what is, let's, yeah. What does success mean to you? Like yeah. it, it doesn't, um, and it, was, change, it changes, it changes over cha- and it changes. Yeah. And it, you're right. It changes, you know? And it's like, so what, what does it mean? And I think one of the best, one of the best, have you ever read seven habits of highly effective people? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Steve yeah there's that, there's that idea. Begin with the end in mind. Like, think about how, uh, you know, how you want to be remembered. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want people to say about you? One of the, the the drills in there is to write your own eulogy, you know, at your, at your funeral is like, what, what do you want your, what do you want your wife to say about you? What do you want your business partner to say about you? What do you want, you know, the, these people that you impact, what do you want them to say? 
And then thinking through that, how do you make that happen, you know, and live with that intentionality, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to do every single day, but to hit that pause button and reflect and think about your life and think about what's important to you. And yeah, like you said, like some, like some, some, some people want to be a CEO of a, you know, a fortune 500 company that is going to require them to work, you know, 70 hours a week. And there's other people that are going to say, I want to be at home. You know, I want to be home with my family and do dinner you know, at, at 6 p.m. every night. Well, you pro those two things, you know, maybe you can make it work, but in most instances, if you're going to be running a huge corporation like that, you're probably, you're probably going to be missing some dinners, you know? And, Absolutely. and so, and if you're the guy that says, Hey, like, That's no, I want yeah. Yeah, I, I to be the best dad. I want to be around for everything. I want to work a nine to five. Well, then you got to know you're going to, there's going to be a trade-off there. You're probably not going to make, you know, a billion dollars. You're not going to be, you know, running, you know, multi-million dollar companies and that's okay. And that's like a, that's a, that's a great thing. You know, for me, it's like, I have, I know for me personally, I don't have any interest in, 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 in doing, going down that route of, you know, of, of running a, a billion dollar corporate corporation that would take me away from my family because that, you know, that's, that's a priority for me. And, and I think to that point, like you are in a position where people are telling you that you're capable of doing that you've demonstrated that you're capable of doing that the money is like a nice draw but you have enough you've spent enough time just self-reflecting and knowing what you want where it's not about the money you're 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 you want to do what you want to do because you love it and it, it builds community and it it feeds those um what success looks like for you yeah i think you're giving me way too much credit i don't think i could do that <laughs> I, think I was just saying, I know that's not a desire and, <laughs> and I'm not willing to sacrifice. That was my point. Not that I, I'm definitely not capable. I don't think of, of doing something on, on, on that it's scale. That, that first ground ball, man. Hey, well, but yeah, that's true. I just need that first ground ball. And then, yeah, yeah but like you said, it's not a desire of mine and, yeah. and, and realizing what the things that I would be, if, if I were capable, big F, but you know, the, 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 the point is that I know for me and, and I've thought through what, what I want my life to look like. And, and knowing that I don't, don't hit home runs all the time and I fall short and I make mistakes constantly. It's part of the human experience. Yeah. But, uh, but I just like, for me, like, I, I, I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband and yeah. I'm trying to navigate and trying to do that. And I, and I, not that those two things can't coexist, but, um, it's it, it there's there's some trade-offs there yeah so bringing it back to the the purpose of the podcast is really grow the game and uh with your background in building getting resolute to now how many kids are in the program 1200 kids across three locations and yeah depending on depending on what you count yeah all the yeah. yes yeah that's probably probably a pretty accurate number all the leagues everything we run so what are the one to three kind of we call it the signature sauce that's helped you uh be able to really differentiate resolute and grow resolute from six kids doing private training to uh over 1200 kids playing in your guys's programs box field at seventy-four thousand square foot facility the partnership with project missouri what were those like defining moments that that really helped you guys take those jumps so i i guess you know what i I, and we've hit on a couple of them already. I think the first one is people and, and, you know, in any, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're obviously in, in, in a service industry, if you want to call it that, where we're, 
you know, we have to, you have to, you have to go, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in manufacturing, it doesn't matter literally what you're in. You have to have the best people and what are the best people, you know, and for us, it's people that one, that they, that they're passionate about obviously the sport of lacrosse can be teaching that you're capable, but then also you care about the kids. And I think that's like, for us, just hiring the right people and bringing on the right coaches that are going to, that have the same mission that we do, which is the second piece is that culture. Like you have to be thinking that long-term of, of, of your culture and your mission and your non-negotiables and not being willing to compromise those like that to, to, to be successful. And, and it's hard. And it's especially hard when you're building something where, you know, you, you might want to compromise a little here or a little there because it might get you that, 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 that early win, you know? Yeah. And it's like, if we stay, you got to take that, that loss yeah. up front. Knowing that long- really care about that you thought was a good fit that you hired and you realize they're not, and you can't compromise your standards. And it's just, that is for me was always the hardest thing. Cause it's not, they're a bad person. They're just not the right person for this team. Yeah. Yeah. And then building, obviously you talk about team building, you know, that's something that, that, that I think uh, we've done a really good job here from our staff, but then also, you know, with the kids and, and, and going down, but, you know, making sure that you adhere to your principles and your values and you don't compromise those with your long-term vision, um, you know, are, are super important. So those are two things. And then, you know, I think the the third thing for us is, is just thinking through like, I don't know if like processes are like processes are the right way to say it, but like, like kind of like developing a system that, yeah. that, that across all things, right. Like a system that, that you can implement that, that helps, that helps people follow your culture and helps people meet your goals. You know, I think is a big one, especially if you talk about going from six kids, you know, to 1200 kids, that's like a, you know, how do you make sure that, that you're giving everybody the resolute experience, you know? And that's like, yeah. You guys adopted, if I'm not mistaken, you guys adopted the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS as a framework. And then you kind of built out what it means to resolute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I I think, you know, um, I, I try and read, uh, I try and read a lot. I probably read average amount um just with where i am on the stage of my life with four kids and yeah. you know um but but I, yeah we read that book that's that for anybody that that's an entrepreneur or has a small business you know i can't recommend that book enough um i agree it's, it's the most it's the it's the most pra- practical uh small business book entrepreneur book that i've that i've ever read just to help you think through, you know, structure and organization and processes and, and putting the right people in the right seats. And here's how you do that. And here's how you work yeah. through how to hold, how to hold a meeting, like how to hold and be organized in a meeting and stay on task. Undervalued you know? skill. Undervalued yeah. skill for sure. It, it really is it really, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid uh, when it comes yeah. to EOS. Uh, and we just had, you know, I had a couple of buddies that recommended it to, to me and now I recommend it to to almost everybody. Um, but there's a lot of good books that, that I've read as far as as far as that goes. But that's that's the best and the most practical. So it sounds like um, your your guy your big three things are are people, best people, culture, and standards. Building the culture, holding high standards, and then having a framework where you can actually empower people. Uh, the right people to follow that culture and build that culture and those standards. 
no doubt. And that's the underlying foundation there of all those things is trust, right? And so, and I think that when you hire the right people, you check that box. It's, you don't want to, you know, and I think, you know how it is, you're in business. Like, I think, I, I think that Anthony and I, any disagreement we've ever had, like at the end of the day, I trust that he has, you know, he's, he has resolute and our kids and our family's best interest in mind. And so do I. And so I think when you have that foundation and that ground level of trust that I know that we have the same end goal, I think that'll care that any, any adversity, any tough times, not that it makes it easier necessarily, but it's something that can anchor you and help carry you through. Oh, you guys are going to stick through it. And you know, you guys are going to make it out the other side. And that partnership I've seen first person through our partnership signature, shameless plug here, um, partnered with Resolute and just working with you two and seeing how you guys operate together, going up to the facility last summer and spending some time. There is just that level of um, that level of trust that really, I think, only comes from blood, sweat and tears together. Um, And you got it on the field and then you had it in the office, which is an incredible combination. And um, you guys have built families together. It's just like it's such a powerful culture that you've created and it's hats off to you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And, you know, in a lot of ways, like Anthony and I's partnership is like a marriage, you know, and, uh, and I know you're married as well. So I'm going to give you a little bit of marital advice now. And this is, this was given to me when, when Emily and I started, we were doing premarital counseling. And I remember the, the pastor that we were meeting with, one of the things he told me, and I was like, this is like, he's like, he's, he's, and I think he heard it from, he's like the best advice I've ever heard. He's like the D word, the divorce, right? He's like, that is a card that you always keep in the deck. You never throw that card out because it changed the, like it changes the entire night. Like if that's even an option for you, then that changes the dynamic, right? It's different when we look at each other and we, we say, we're in this together, regardless of where we are. And yeah. we're going to over, we're going to, we're, we're not quitting. We're not, we're not giving up on each other. And Anthony and I have always said from day one, we are going to be friends first and we're going to be, we're going to be brothers first. And then business is secondary. So like this, our relationship, no matter if we're mad at each other, whatever's going on, you know, it's a relationship, right? But we're not, we're not going to separate. Basically. We're not, we're not going to do that. And if we get to that point, if we, and if we get to that point, we said like, Hey, we're blowing the business up. Yeah. Or, you know, we're, we're, we're stepping away because this is at the end of the day, this is more important to us than, than whatever we're doing, you know, in the business. And so and I think same that, thing that, in marriage, same thing yeah, in marriage. it really puts into perspective too. Like when you're going through a challenge, like it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day, it's a lot of times an artificial pressure that we put on ourselves and on the relationship and on a marriage or a business partnership it's just artificial pressure that we create in our own head or we create with our own deadlines or whatever it is. And the reality is it's fun. It's business. It's like sports. You know, it's, you were playing a game. We went, we make some plays, we miss some plays, we get better. We make the next play. Yeah, that's it. Right. And I mean, that's one other thing that sports teaches you, right? It's like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta own your mistakes and move forward. And it's like, you're sitting in a lacrosse film room in college and you're the guy that's, you know, whatever you screwed up and it's like coach hits rewind four times, you know, and everybody else is learning from your mistakes. There's nowhere for you to hide, you know, and like, what do you do in that situation? You know, yeah. you just say, guys, I screwed up. Yeah. I'll improve, I'll learn and we'll move forward. And that's like, you got to have that mentality. Like mistakes happen, troubleshoot, fix what you can and move forward. 
and 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 just like I said, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, man. You just keep moving. I love it. Beautiful. Well, Greg, thank you so much for the incredible story and sharing it with all of our listeners and uh, what you've done with Resolute and building Ohio lacrosse with uh, with Anthony. It's just really hats off to you and your staff. Where can some of the listeners stay in touch, learn more about the the athletic complex, learn more about Resolute Lacrosse and all the stuff you guys got going on? Yeah, I don't know if you heard of this thing. It's called Google. Have you ever heard of that? So, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we got we got you know obviously our websites resolutelacrosse.com and then resoluteac.com is our facility. Um, and if you're interested, obviously sign up for our mailing list. That's the best way. And then and then we'll just send you emails and keep you up to date on all things that we're doing on the lacrosse side, but then also the facility side. So. And then social media, you guys are just at Resolute Lacrosse on Instagram. Yep. Resolute, at, at Resolute Lax. And we have, and you talk about winning with people, our 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 social media marketing uh director is the man. And he like shout I, out like, to Noah. Shout out to Noah. Shout out to <laughs> Noah, man. He, if you guys, if you guys, if you're a lacrosse fan of lacrosse and high you want to see you want to see awesome highlights. Oh, our, obviously our kids are really good in our program. But Noah, yeah. Noah's able, Noah's able to capture content and then and then just show showcase our kids in a way that very few lacrosse clubs are doing. And like for me, it's like you know when Noah posts something, I'm I'm like fired up to watch it. I'm like, oh, it's like yeah, and a lot of times cool. she shows me. You'll be like, hey, what do you think about that? I'm like, dude, that is so sweet. Like our, you know, but our kids, like yeah. one, our kids, are, our kids on our program are so good, which is like obviously fun yeah. to coach kids like, and they want it. But then when Noah captures a sick highlight, you know, it's like, I don't know, I love it. So if you're a fan of lacrosse, you should be following us anyways, just from the content that, that Noah's putting out uh, for our players. Yeah, he does an incredible job. And the newsletter, too. I mean, you guys just across the board marketing wise, I think there's a lot of tips and tricks that people in other sports, even football, soccer, that you guys that are listening can pick up, guys and girls can pick up and and using your program. So, Greg, right, thank, thank you I so appreciate much. that. Yeah, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. Take care. You too. Thank you for tuning in to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. We hope you found our conversation with our guest insightful and thought-provoking. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And of course, a big thanks to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics, for their continued support of this podcast and their dedication to making youth sports programs feel like the big leagues. Be sure to check out their game-changing Team Swag stores to elevate your program's look and feel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Signature Grow the Game podcast.